Welcome to a Biblical Perspective Podcast, where God's point of view matters. I'm your host, Prophet C.T. Johnson. Join me as I boldly and unapologetically address the church's stance and position regarding an array of subjects and topics using the Word of God as the frame of reference. Are you ready? Let's hear what God has to say. Greetings, family. Welcome back to a Biblical Perspective podcast with yours truly, Prophet C.T. Johnson. I'm excited about today's podcast. I have something special in store for you. We're going to deal with the subject dress and appearance. What does the Bible say? And I have a special guest that's going to be with me on today's episode that's going to help me walk through and unpack this revelation in regards to dress and appearance from the perspective of God and the scriptures. Did you know that the way you look identifies the deity you serve? Did you know that when God cursed our nakedness, which scripture unfolds for us in Genesis, it became the attire of hell. Nudity and nakedness is now the attire of hell because God cursed nakedness. Also, holiness is our divine immune system. Holiness protects, it guards, it covers, it coats. These are just some of the subjects, some of the topics, some of the areas that we're going to cover in this podcast, in this episode regarding dress and appearance, what does the Bible say? My guest, Prophet Tamara Alexander from Tulsa, Oklahoma, a member of the Congregation of the Mighty Ecclesial Embassy, founded and led by our chief apostle, Dr. Paula A. Price, is going to help us understand from God's point of view, that we're dealing with holy versus hellish. I'm going to take you into a live simulcast. I'm going to share with you the audio of my weekly live simulcast that airs on Facebook Live and YouTube, 60 Minutes with the Prophet, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. You can join me live either from our Facebook page, C.T. Johnson Ministries International. Go there, like it, follow it, or you can view the simulcast from our YouTube page, C.T. Johnson Ministries. Go there, subscribe, click the bell so you'll receive notifications. So I'm getting ready to share with you in two parts, in two parts, the dialogue, the teaching, the Bible study that I had with my friend, my prophet sister, my special guest, Prophet Tamara Alexander. You're getting ready to be challenged in your thinking because you know our motto here at C.T. Johnson Ministries, if you empower your thinking, you'll change your life. And what better way to empower your thinking than by the word of God? Dress and appearance. What does the Bible say? Let's go into the audio of the live simulcast with myself and Prophet Tamara Alexander. Dress and appearance. 
What does the Bible say? So I'm so excited. I'm not going to waste any more time. I want you to share, share. You know what to do. You really want to share tonight's broadcast. Share, get the word out and let your friends, your followers know that the prophet is on with his prophet sister, Prophet Tamara Alexander, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm bringing her on right now. Hello, Prophet Tamara. Good evening, good evening, good evening. How are you? Hello, 60 Minutes family. How are yes. you on this evening? Yes, listen, dive right in, say hello, greet the 60 Minutes with the Prophet broadcast family. Let them know who you are. Let them know a little about you ministry-wise, share what it is you want to share, and then we're going to jump right into this. I thank you for being with me on tonight. I count it an honor. Well, good evening. Good evening, everyone that's joining us on tonight's broadcast. I am 100% excited about being on with you, Prophet Terrell. Uh, so I first say greeting, greeting, and I'm honored. So I say thank you tonight for having me on your show. I'm excited, you know, tonight to share with you all what's on God's heart. Remember, everyone, that God is preparing us for war. And it's not the typical, you know, you know, everyone says, you know, throughout the body of Christ, there are many, many times we have different words that we give. But we are now, I know you all, this says the scripture says that the earth is groaning. And we right now are in a planetary groaning where God is preparing the planet. He's preparing all creation. And most of all, the nation of Jesus Christ for what war will look like. And so he's literally calling all the kids in, you know, you know, you remember when we were little mama said the, the lights would come on. We all yeah. come running home. That was the signal and the sign to let us know that it was time to come home. And so mm -hmm. the planet, the planet itself, is showing signals and signs to the nation of Jesus Christ to prepare us for war. So greetings, everyone. And I'm excited on what all that God is going to do tonight, Prophet Terrell. Amen. Amen. Listen, already she is coming out the gate operating in her prophet's mantle. So you know tonight is going to be fire. You know it's going to be infused with revelation and information. She said some powerful things, some potent things right out the gate in regards to the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. And some of you might have asked yourself the question, what does dress and appearance have to do with that? It has much to do with that because due to the, the, the F pecan, uh, that we are in force protection. Uh, that's a military term in regards to Delta. We are in F pecan Delta force protection conditioning. That's the highest level of alert. And we cannot afford to not have, not only have any distractions, but we cannot afford in this time, in this hour, in this season, catch this to be a distraction. So we must make sure that we are completely in alignment, in tune, in step with God, what he is doing in this hour. And so we're going to deal with this subject. And again, I want you to share. I want you to let those know of your following, of your social media family, that the prophet is on. 
and he is here with his dear sister prophet Tamara Alexander. With that having been said, let's jump right into tonight's discussion. All right, you know, prophet family, I love my slides. I want you to be able to not just hear, but see and take notes. And so for those of you who are students and studious individuals, hopefully you can see uh, the wording and everything beyond the colorful slide here. But tonight's topic, dress and appearance. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Now, before I go to the scripture there, and there's a reference article that I have pulled up and I've been studying over the past two days, Prophet Tamara, that is powerful. And we're going to lift excerpts from it. But I want to hone in on the latter portion of our subject. Dress and appearance, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? And unfortunately, we, when I say we, I'm talking about Christendom, talking about the body of Christ at large. We are unfortunately getting away from what the scriptures say, what the scriptures declare, what God has written. And he has declared within his word that his word is forever settled in heaven. He's not making addendums. He is not uh, uh, making any, any, any additions. He's not critiquing what he said, what he said he meant and what he meant he said. So Prophet Tamara, before we really dig our heels into this, let's talk just for a few minutes in regards to what I just stated as it pertains to the church veering from scripture, revering from what is written. Share with me your thoughts as it pertains to that, because we're dealing with this subject, not from your opinion, not from my opinion, not from our point of view uh, or peer view, but from the Bible, a biblical perspective on dress and appearance. So let's uh, start there before we really make folk mad. <laughs> Amen. Uh, amen. You know, when when we talk about garments and we talk about dress and appearance, you know, one of the greatest things that we can look at worldwide, you know, and, and let's just start about the way humanity thinks about garments. You know, when we think about garments, we think of it as a status symbol, right? We think of it as class symbols. We think of it as you know, we upper class. If, if you the American culture, we you know we're that rare nation where we have the upper, middle, and lower class. So it always for us globally, and also it has always been the appearance of a position of rank, mm. whether it be true or whether it be false. It always has been you know a position of rank throughout the cultures of the world. Mm -hmm. So tonight, as we talk about attire, I think, you know, I love something that you said when we were chatting before the show started. And that is what we really want you all to understand that when we talk about attire and we're talking about dress, remember that it is the display of the origin of your God. Wow. You know, wow. so when we talk wow. about everything, 
I hope audience that you have your notepads and your uh, your pens and papers and something to drink, but we're going to really get into it to really help you all make these distinctions. What we do as prophets, we help you all make those divine connections. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what Ephesians talks about when he says, talks about the mysteries of the apostles and prophets. What looks, seems obvious to one means something totally different to God's apostles and prophets. Exactly. So when we are talking about the distinctions and markers of appearance, when we as God's officers are looking at the appearance of the church, whether we're talking about the dress as we enter into the sanctuary or the dressing of someone's spirit, we are literally locating the marker of the deity and the owner of the soul. Wow. Wow. That's so powerful. You said our appearance, our attire is the display of the origin of our God. Mm -hmm. I hope you all put that in your notes. Now, listen, you already got me flatlining already. So <laughs> you can't fly down just yet. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I want you to deal with that statement for another 60 seconds. How our appearance and our dress, again, is the display of the origin of our God. Dig into that. Help them understand exactly and simplistically or, or simply what you mean and or what that statement actually means. Break that down for them. Okay. So when we're talking about, first of all, guys, I want you to go quickly. We're going to do some scripture tonight. Oh, yeah. This is oh, Bible yeah. study. So get your Bibles out and we're going to go to Genesis chapter two. So when we trace the origin of garment, you will locate the spiritual host. That's what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. And so when we're locating the spiritual host, the attire is how a deity wants to adorn its offspring. I'm going to say that again. Attire is how a deity wants to adorn its offspring. And, and the classic case that we can take on that is we always can go back to Genesis. So go with me to Genesis. And why am I going back to Genesis? Because, you know, when we talk about in the body of Christ and people preach about nakedness, we preach on it as being a sin. But the wow. origin of nakedness, it was not sin. Remember that nakedness was not sin until the Lord cursed it. Yes, yes. And so when we say nakedness before the fall, nakedness was not a sin. So go quickly with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. If you're there, let me know with some, let us know in the comments if you have it. Y'all say, give us some thumbs up in the comments if you're flowing with us. If you're yes. Us, okay. It says verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife. And what? What does it say there? And were not ashamed. So when God, like I said before, when God cursed nakedness, it became the attire of hell. It Ooh. went from being the attire of heaven, and in that instance, let's move. Let's move forward. So to <laughs> verse 25, it says, and they were both naked, the man and the wife, and they were not ashamed. Quickly, we, we go up, right? And we go to verse 10. And it says, And the Lord called unto Adam and unto and unto them, Where art thou? We know the Lord knew where they were. Mm -hmm. He says, And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was what? Naked. naked. And I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou were naked? Has thou eaten of the tree? Wherefore I commanded thee thou shouldn't eat. 
And the man said, the woman thou gavest me to, with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. So in that particular moment, eternity now stripped humanity of its holiness. Mm. And once that stripping occurred, it now gave access. Because remember, uh, Satan did have to play by the rules because he understood that there were certain eternal laws. He understood that there were certainly that eternal government had not given him access into the souls of humanity. So mm. once they ate, they once Adam ate, you know, as we know, the the rules now change. And the attire, the nakedness was once clothed in holiness and right. now it became cursed. So it became the attire of hell. Yeah. And we moved that into con the contemporary church. And, and I started out co communicating and saying to you all that when we look at the church and we look at attire, that God's officers, we look and it is the origin of the deity. So now what Satan has done Nakedness is now what the new fashion statement right. of the church. Right. It's culture. It's, it's culture. Yes. yes. It's, it's the expressing, expressing who you are, expressing yourself. Exactly. And so when we as the body of Christ and where we are moving now, nation of Jesus Christ, we are moving into God really making clear distinctions of the wheat versus the tear. Mm. So, you know, there should never really be an argument about attire. You know why? You know, this is is is, is hypocritical for us to make those statements. Uh, Prophet Terrell, because when we look at the world and let's just say we look at the attire around the world, mm -hmm. when we think of uh, when we think of the when we think of the burqa, what do we think of when we think of the burqa? We think of the Muslim people. Yeah. Exactly. When we think of the sorry. What do we think of? We think of the Pakistani people. Mm -hmm. We think of the Indian people. We think of those people. Why? Because when the adornment, whether it was Old Testament, the sari goes all the way back into the Hindu religion in BC time. So now I say to you guys, when you think of the nation of Jesus Christ, what attire do you think of? Wow. You're confused. Wow. We cannot give clear uh, a clear response. Mm -hmm. The nation of Jesus Christ cannot give a clear response the way the Hindus can, the way the Muslims can, and we cannot give a clear response between what is holy attire and what isn't holy attire. But I'm wow. going to I'm going to add something there that's pretty amazing, and it's amazing because God did it on purpose. Mm. Because we went from, you know, let's just go throughout the archives of, of scripture. We are the only faith as we understand, one, that our, re, that our faith did not start on earth, one, right? But wow. also we are the only faith that God literally took what he said to Moses and put it on tablets, right? Okay. And then we move forward. This is so this is so amazing about the goodness of Jesus. He took what he wrote on tablets and then he said, you know what? I'm going to walk this planet. I'm going to insert myself into Mary and right. then I'm going to and then I'm going to what he says. I'm going to rip it all apart. 
Mm. And then I'm going to insert my laws that I made Moses walk up that mountain two times to do. I made Moses establish laws and government. So I'm going to switch the game. I'm going to take those same laws and Mm -hmm. I'm going to write them on your heart. On your heart. That's it. And so because of that change, People, we had the issues with Jesus arguing with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, right? And so today in the contemporary church, we're still having the same argument. Yeah, the same argument because see the the burqa wearers, you know, the Muslim wearers, the sari wearers, the Hindu religion, they still are under that same order. We are the only faith where God took it from tablets and paper and he put it in the heart he said i will walk in you i will talk in you i will be your god and i will and you will be my people why because jesus is so provocative he wanted to make it difficult he wanted to make it hard because he wanted to distinguish the holy versus the hellish wow and that's what we are today when we look at the altars of the nation of jesus christ that it's, it's, it's nothing for us to be able to understand, but we are making clear distinctions as the holy officers. What is the holy and what is the hellish, the hellish prophet? Wow. wow. I need you all. I'm going to take prophet Tamara's statement on from her broadcast. I need y'all a hashtag <laughs> from holy to hellish. My God, from holy to hellish. Listen, so much. She has already unpacked walked us through as it pertains to how God started this thing. And I made the statement in regards to all that she shared that fashion has become, not only fashion, tattooing, piercing has become the culture's way of expressing itself. But what we failed to understand, and Prophet Tamara so wonderfully walked us through this revelation, Mm -hmm. is that as the elect of God, we are not supposed to express, we're not required to express ourselves. We are required and mandated to express Jesus Christ. And that expression of him is not to be done only in word, but in deeds, because it is our behavior, it is our characteristic, it is our interaction and our interacting with others that give a uh, that 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 give distinction as it pertains to who we are and more or better yet whose we are above what we say. Before our words meet an individual, it's our appearance that meets them. And so now let's dig further into this. If you haven't already, I need for y'all to share this and share this, share and share again. Second Timothy 3 and 16. Why do I have that on the screen, on the slides? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. And as I always say, God did not split his word. We did that. He didn't split it into Old and New Testament. We split it. His word is is he he did not divide his word he is not separate from his word and the law of god is not uh 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 
it is not relegated to uh, the Ten Commandments solely. It's not relegated to vows and this is and all of that. But the word or rather the law of God is the word of God, the whole counsel of God. And so it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, not man, but God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And all that Prophet Tamara laid out in the beginning was to reprove, was to uh, uh, instruct us in, catch this, the right way of living. Righteousness. Righteousness is the right way and or God's way that he has outlined, that he has articulated that he has dictated unto his citizens. And so we are responsible for living in accordance with what he has said, regardless of whether we agree with it or not. Now, I want to highlight and lift some statements from an article that I found. And Prophet Tamara, you're going to love uh, yep. this article as we dig our heels into this. What your appearance says about you. And it's written by Janet Treadway. What your appearance says about you. And I want to lift this statement from the article. We're going to move around uh, a little bit, but I quote, the clothes we wear do say something about us. They openly reveal attitudes towards ourselves, self-esteem, towards others, toward our work and toward God. Immodest clothing is a dead giveaway of a person, listen to this, who, or rather, immodest clothing is a dead giveaway of a person with loose morals or someone who does not know God's view. Now, just let that sit for a second. Because I know some of you automatically go right to, well, just because someone dresses a certain way does not mean that they're a whore, doesn't mean that they're loose, doesn't mean that they're fast. That's true. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but that is the implication that you're giving. Because as Prophet Tamara said, your dress and your appearance, it, 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 it connects you, or rather, let me say it this way, your dress and or your appearance it identifies who's your God. It identifies who, who's your deity. And I love the statement that you made. <laughs> you said, and it was so powerful. When God cursed our nakedness, and again, you walked us through this so profoundly. When God cursed our nakedness, it became the attire of hell. And what she's referring to is our nakedness. Am, am I right? Our yes. nakedness became mm -hmm. the attire of hell. So I'm going to have you to elaborate on that a little bit and then uh, uh, just give your thoughts as it pertains to uh, that, that quote that I gave when Janet said, again, in modest clothing is a dead giveaway of a person with loose morals or someone who does not know God's view. And understand, we are, even though we know that individuals from all over uh, the, the world will right. have opportunity to watch this live. And we know that we're not necessarily speaking to an all Christian audience. Right. So understand that. I want you to also understand that this discussion is primarily directed to those of us, those of you who claim to be citizens of the nation of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. because 
We are the ones that are supposed to be living in accordance and in alignment with the will of God. We're supposed to be expressing him, not ourselves. We are to be distinct. We are to be peculiar. And the word of God says this. I don't know why Prophet Tamara, the church has bumped his head and we want to fit in when Jesus died for us to stand out, for us to draw literally a line of demarcation between, as you said, the holy and the hellish. But I want to elaborate again, uh, or not necessarily again, but elaborate more on that statement. When God cursed our nakedness, it became the attire of hell because the church has now moved into this, this, this doctrine, which is you can be saved and sexy. Mm-hmm. See? See? So go ahead. Let's deal with that. Well, you know, you have so much here, you know, that I I have to speak on. I want to first go where you uh, just were a moment ago. You talked about, you know, we don't understand why we're having this issue. You know, where Peter, first Peter talks about us being the holy nation, royal royal priesthood, peculiar people, all of those things. Do you know what the issue is? You know, you out there, what is God's issue? Because what is it? You know, where we are right now, we have to be able to answer the hard questions. Right, right. And we as prophets, we take up that task to be able to answer those questions. And it's a very, it's a very simple response, Prophet Terrell. Jesus has come in into the heart, but mm-hmm. Satan has not come out. Lord, I need a bell, I need a slap cloth. I Oh, that oh, that's yeah. what the issue is, and many people say, no, no, "No, say that again." The Jesus is, has yeah. come in the oh, heart, but Satan has, has not, not come out. out of the heart. So, what the Lord is looking oh, like God. right now, there is a bewitching spirit that is over the United States of America. Mm-hmm. We are under a curse. So you all may say, what does this curse look like? This curse is infiltrating the altars of, of the nation of Jesus Christ. Whether we're talking about the preacher, whether we're talking about the praise and worship, whether we're talking about praise and worship music around the nation, whether we're talking about sermons, and then, oh, what's the topic of tonight? Whether we're talking about the attire. Guys, go with me quickly to Ezekiel 36. So I'll help you understand what I'm talking about. Because God, you know, getting ready and preparing for this, God has a lot that he wants to say to you all out there tonight concerning this issue. And he is grieved by the American church. Yes, he is. Uh, We're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 36. And that's going to go to verse 24. All right. It says, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness Mm. and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. 
If you are watching tonight, what has been the salvation prayer for decades in our nation? Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Yeah. And you cannot find that in the scripture. Nowhere in the text. Nowhere in the scripture. So the Nowhere. issue that we're having is a deformed Christian has been formed for mm. over and over and over and over again. Because Jesus never said he wanted to come into your heart. Right. He said he wanted to give you a, a new, new heart. That's it. And, and, and the reason why this is so important, especially dealing with God's leaders, is because of where we are today. When, we, when you think even about hearts and you think about heart surgery, mm -hmm. you know, there's something maybe you, many of you all heard out there. It's called the CBM. It's like um, cardiopulmonary bypass uh, machine. And that cardiopulmonary bypass machine, what is it ordained to do? It is ordained. It stops the heart without harming the patient. Right. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. So the salvation process is a nasty process. And so Satan has done us a disservice where he continues to tell you, you can bypass the surgical uh, implantation of the new heart. Mm. So in the body of Christ today, what we are dealing with is the fact that we did not get the transplant. Eternity never transplanted the new heart in. So mm. what does this look like? And when so, because you know, when we're looking at the church today, we're looking at a nasty thing that is happening in the pulpits of the nation of Jesus Christ. So what happens if I say to you that Jesus went in, but Satan did come out? Yeah. What does that look like? Let me give you an example of where we are and what we are facing in the nation of Jesus Christ. So as prophets, let's take apostles, the prophets, pastors, evangelists on your ordination day. What happens on your ordination day? You get appointed, right? You right. get uh, you get anointed, right? Right. So what happens is on that particular day, if Jesus comes in on the prophet's ordination day, on the apostles commissioning day and Satan does not come out, mm. what Everything that's in the heart on that day gets anointed. So what's been happening generation after generation is what demonic uh, anointment My has God. been demonic appointments. Mm. So what we have walking around the nation of Jesus Christ is demonic anointing equaling <laughs> demonic appointment. appointments. So let's go back to where we started in Genesis. Satan knew that he could not hack the codes of eternity. So he knew in order to enter into God's seed, righteous seed, his holy seed, he had to hack the system. He could not get anointed or appointed until humanity, Adam and Eve, gave him access. Right. So once they, he, Satan knows that eternity plays by the rules of gods and nations. So Satan allowed Adam and Eve to listen. And they literally, we always think of anointing and appointments as being this holy thing. There right. are demonic anointings. There exactly. are demonic appointments. Exactly. So in that particular uh, situation with Adam and Eve, that day, a, a coronation was had. 
a coronation, an inauguration, and, a, and also an ordination was held on that day. We saw everything else happen, but we did not know that Satan had his first mm. uh, prophetic and apostolic ordination day for hell. And what became anointed and what became appointed was hell taking over the planet. Mm. And so when we are looking at the church today, going back, see, I didn't forget, going back to the article, you know, I would go on to say the view, the viewpoint is going to be the viewpoint of the idol of your heart. So mm. many people cannot have the viewpoint. And I go further to say not just the viewpoint, but also the understanding, the cognition of eternity wow. laws, eternity's government, unless you, the law is in your heart. He says, put That's on good. the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 13 says you have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what we are dealing with, Prophet Terrell, when we're looking at the nation of Jesus Christ today. Wow. Powerful, powerful. Now, listen, for those of you who might be wondering who is Prophet Terrell, that's me. That's my middle name. So. <laughs> Sorry. Prophet no, C. No. no, no. You have that privilege. You have that privilege to call me Prophet Terrell. Please don't stop. Now I'm used to it. But... Um, uh, I just wanted to, because you know, some people are like, "Who in the world is that third person?" No, it's it's me. It's, it's all in one. Middle power. <laughs> <laughs> this is powerful, though. I want to uh, uh, go back. Lord have mercy. You have unpacked so much that I know those listening have never heard, never thought concerning as it pertains to God having cursed our nakedness. Hence is why when flesh is exposed, when it is accentuated, when we give a platform to it, devils are stirred. Devil, now when I say devils, I'm talking about yes. uh, emotions. I'm talking about thought processes. I'm mm -hmm. talking about desires that are carnal, that are uh, sensual, that are perverted. And see, many leaders, unfortunately, and I hate to even use that word leaders in regards to those that are cowarding and shying away from especially those who claim to be apostles right. and prophets because mm -hmm. we are the ones whom are supposed to be grabbing the bull by the horns and dealing with, as Prophet Tamara said earlier, God's issues. You have to understand that what we're dealing with in regards to dress and appearance, this is not a pet peeve of those of us whom are churched. This is not uh, uh, a soapbox for us because we think that uh, you should dress up in your Sunday's best as it were simply because you should and or that's tradition. It's deeper than that. It goes further than that. You have to understand that God has an issue with the root of this discussion, our nakedness. And then the, the thing is, Prophet Tamara, is that the church, we have become bold about it. We have entered into what scripture refers to as uh, a presumptuous sin. We are boldly flaunting 
flaunting our sensuality, our sexuality before God and expecting him to accept it because we have been inundated with, indoctrinated even with the lie that God is only concerned about your heart, not your outer, not your external. He's only concerned about your heart. And as Again, Prophet Tamara referred to right here in Ezekiel uh, 20, uh, 36, rather, and that 25th verse again, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. See, many of you don't understand that your appearance, your dress, even your, 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 your mindset, your thought process your understanding regarding it is yet connected to the idol that is still resident in your heart. Mm-hmm. Now y'all let that sit while I sit. Yeah. Uh, uh, sit while I sit. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Let that sit. Because see, and, and this is why God's prophets and God's apostles are groomed, are skilled to deal with the details, address the details of his issues beyond the superficial and or beyond the church exterior. Because again, many of you never had the depth of this discussion unfold in this way. And I'm so, so, uh, so fired up. That's the only word I could pull as it pertains to how Prophet Tamara, again, has walked us through this. But real quick, going back to uh, verse 26, a new heart, a new heart, a new heart. I want you, if you're taking notes, if you're writing down, if you have your Bibles, highlight that. I want you to circle that because she addressed that. God, nowhere in scripture, and there are other areas, other places, rather, in the scriptures that we can go to that also coincides and concurs with Ezekiel as it pertains to God not coming in, entering into our heart in its current state. The scripture deals, or rather the scripture unfolds for us, God wanting to literally do away with our carnal, fallen, hardened heart. He doesn't want to come in because the the fallen heart or the, the heart in his fallen state is corrupt, is perverted, is filthy. And no, no one in their right mind would, would occupy a residence that's full of filth. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're going to do, you're going to renovate, you're going to clean, you're going to uh, uh, literally gut, you're going to do whatever and everything that's necessary to rid that home, to rid that residence of its filth. And you're going to what? Bring it up to code. You're going to bring it up to living standards. And that's the same way with God. God has to come in and renovate the heart, literally uh, recreate, as David said, created me a new heart a clean heart rather, created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit. And so God by the Holy Spirit has to come in and he has to bring our heart up to code. He has to bring it up to his standards. So now I want to deal with this. Oh my God, time is is moving. 
Uh, time is filled with swift transition. <laughs> I want to deal in the next 15 minutes uh, with, let me pull up my other slide. I want to deal because, Prophet Tamara, this is the go-to statement for most Christians. This is the go-to statement. God doesn't care how I look because he looks on the heart. Now, we have already dealt with the heart issue. I think we've done due diligence and justice on mm -hmm. that. However, I want us, Prophet Tamara, to further dispel this myth that in this twofold. One, the Bible says, and I posted about this a few days ago, the Bible says, come as you are. No such a, no such a scripture. My best English, no, no such, such a scripture. All right. In the words of Hoppo, no such a thing. There is no scriptural, there's no scripture, there's no scripture precedence for come as you are. Now, let me help us. Right. There is, you can't come to Christ any other way than your current condition. Exactly. Whether that's broken, whether that's abused, molested, confused, distraught, it doesn't matter. All of us, I came to Jesus, the old hymn, just as I was. <laughs> we can't come to him outside of the current condition of our mind, of our heart, and not to mention we can't come to him unless according to Bible, according to the Bible, right. unless he draws. But so I had to deal with that because I was uh, somewhere and someone said to me, well, when we were talking about this, this was a while ago, we were talking about this subject and they said, well, you know, y'all just legalistic. And I'll let Prophet Tamara deal with that, that statement. Y'all just legalistic. Uh, because the Bible says, come as you are. And, 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 and I told her, I said, uh, find it for me, find, find it for me because right. we, we love to use scripture that we can't even find. We can quote it, but we right. don't know where it is. And in right. most cases, such as in this instance, that come as you are is not Bible. It's mm -hmm. not scripture. But I want to further dismantle this myth in the in the next few moments we have. Because again, going back to the go-to statement that many people use, God doesn't care about how I look. He's concerned about my heart. And that lie uh, came from 1 Samuel 16 and 7. It came from 1 Samuel 16 and 7. Mm -hmm. Prophet Kamara, I want you to... to, 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 to uh, address this. Uh, and of course, I know you know the account. And for those of you who don't, I just want to give a brief synopsis. But in Samuel, 1 Samuel 16 and 7, uh, God was talking to the prophet in regards to the next king. He was talking to him in regards to anointing uh, David. And he was, the prophet was going by the appearance, as it were. He was looking for someone who fit the description in his mind as a king. But God makes the statement to him. He said, don't go by the outer or the appearance. He says, I, well, you know what? I don't even want to quote it. Let me read it. I think I think I have it in here. Well, I didn't put it in here. I wrote, I wrote it down. But real quick, let me read it. First Samuel 16 and 7. But the Lord, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance 
or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Now, that's a whole discussion in and of itself. See, God sees beyond our limited vision, insight, foresight. It says, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, let me help us. That scripture that we have taken out of context has nothing to do with entering into the presence of God, however you choose. He was talking specifically in regards to Samuel choosing the next king. He was making sure that Samuel was not being overly concerned about the next king looking the part because God was concerned about having a person who had his heart that he could mold, that he could instruct, that he could do what he wanted to do as it pertains to his nation without that individual interfering. And Prophet Tamara, just share in regards to that, however you're led, and uh, just give us closing remarks, as it were, but just for the next 10 minutes or so, just share and dialogue in that regard. Well, you know, you're saying so many powerful things in the reference uh, of the book of Samuel, also in the reference of the person who made the statement about us being legalistic. You know, sometimes we have to just help, you know, our fellow Americans understand, but we all are legalistic, you know, because if you're not legalistic, you're not going to stop. You're going to continue to run red lights, right? And you, you know, and you're going to continue to stand before the judge or you're going to go to jail. So right. we recognize that, you know, that's why, I, you know, a lot of Christians and a lot of Christian statements, I'm like, but you're a hypocrite because in, in the world that you're living, you live in, you're going to be a law abiding citizen because you know, there are repercussions, right. you know, there are criminal actions that will literally happen to you if you don't abide by the law. So my response to that is I am an eternal law abiding citizens. I, I am legalistic. I abide by the laws of eternity, the rules and regulations of eternity. And you do too. Everyone is a law abiding citizen, whether you are law abiding citizen of hell or whether you are law abiding citizen of heaven. So we all are legalistic. And you are a law-abiding citizen of your nation, wherever nation you are from. So, you know, I always think that's hypocritical of anyone to say something, but we all are law-abiding citizens. And, you know, and to your point, you know, of how this plays out and in, in what we're in terms of the heart and in terms of attire, and we, we don't have to dress this way, we don't have to look that way. You know, yes, because remember what I said earlier about uh, what the uh, Holy Spirit does, the cardiopulmonary bypass machine, that is the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the door. And that's why he says in scripture that if you deny the Holy Spirit, why? Because the Holy Spirit is the man on the ground. He is the one that is ensuring that he is literally over, he's the customs. He's ensuring that all of the, that we all meet the regulatory standards of eternity. 
And that's why Jesus Christ says something that's so important. He understood the world we was coming into. He understood right now. He understood what Adam and Eve did to the planet. That's why so many scriptures says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, put on your full armor of God, put on the new man, put on the helmet of salvation, put on the garment of praise, because he understood that holiness, as I always say, is literally the dispensation, the impartation of eternity's genetics. Mm. So when we as Christians, he understood when we entered this planet and we had to become what? Born again. We had to do all of these acts of putting on because holiness is also, it is our divine immunity. Wow. It literally is it literally immune to that immune system, that holiness and that eternal immune system blocks out the sin. It blocks out the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. I want you guys to go quickly to James one. If you can, I'm going to read it really quickly. James one, yeah. verse uh, 14. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So Jesus doesn't put it on us. You know, we always say, he said he won't put more. When it's not new, he gives permission to hell to try us for eternity's sake. And as we are closing out tonight, I want you all to understand that, that you have to work with the Holy Spirit in this particular hour. As we start out this broadcast saying that we are preparing for war. And if you have not allowed the Lord Jesus Christ, you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to be able to change those inward parts. Because if you, the outward part, it's like what we say is prophets. The last thing we do is prophesy. The last thing we have to talk about that the righteous and the holy have to talk about is attire, right? Because we know it's automatic. It's yeah. automatic reaction. It's like the husband and the wife. Once you get married, the, the ones that have great marriages, it's automatic that the husband wants to please the wife. It's automatic that the wife wants to please the husband. Why? Because we have now established a covenant. We have now established vows. We have now been converted to each other. Mm. So the, the people that have issues with attire also have issues with our God because it's an automatic. That's why you got to get the new heart. That's why you have to be born again, because until that implantation takes place in your spirit, you can't put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't put on the armor because why that deformity, like I told you, because Christ came in, but Satan did not come out. Mm. And when we are looking at the body of Christ today, uh, prophet, that's what we are looking at. Satan is in the hearts of so many so-called Christians that they don't have an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Wow. Listen, time has gotten away from us, but I'm telling you, we really just touched the tip of the iceberg. Um, I'm not trying to put Prophet Tamara on the spot. I'll check her schedule in regards to next week and see if she's available to be back with us next week for part two, because I know that she has more, the Holy Spirit has more to unpack and to unfold, to help you understand, as she said early on, God's issue with our attire, with our nakedness. And so I want you, so many powerful things that she said, and uh, we'll 
close around this statement. She said, if you have an issue with attire, you have an issue with God. Now let that sit, let that sink in. Because again, as she walked us through, this should not be a concern for those of us whom are the elect of God. But why is it? Because truthfully, attire, dress and appearance is an issue in the church. And it's an issue because there are many that, as she said again, Jesus came in, but Satan did not exit. And so you are worshiping two gods, two masters. And the Bible is clear that you can't. You're going to love one and hate the other. And the church promoting sensuality, sexuality. You have leaders not just wearing inappropriate attire, but literally displaying that which is inappropriate in their illustrative sermons. You got beds in the pulpit. Come on here. <laughs> and so obviously they are hating the Lord Jesus Christ and loving their true God, their true deity, Satan. Listen, we are out of time. Prophet Tamara, I want you to pray as the Lord would lead you in regards to those whom feel a tugging and they literally feel the, the, the convicting of the Lord. They feel the compelling of God uh, to come all the way into his way and their, 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 their halt between two opinions, as it were. They're struggling because they are yet, uh, they, they really desire to please God, but it's that peer pressure in some instance. Right. It's, it's, it's that desire to be accepted. It's that desire and that wanting and that longing to be included in what is considered uh, popular, what's considered fad, faddish, what's considered significant and or important. And so there are, and I'm I'm not talking in regards to young people solely, but there are individuals on our age, even older than us, that in their 50s, in their 60s, come if you're 60 some years old, you don't need to say the word skinny jeans, much less wear them. Exactly. Well, look at even now in the body of Christ today, we're having some of the most uh, well-known ministers fall away. Why? Because it says, what what does it talk about in the Bible? If the foundations be removed, what happened? That their foundation was not laid with the power and with the might and with the spirit of truth of our God. So a lot of people are like, oh, what happened? You know, we talked about on my show, you know, Joyce Myers saying she yeah. wants to get that too. Then they just said, you know, someone just told me recently, you know, we have to talk about these things because many right. people don't know this stuff. Rod Parsley just came well, out. Of- I was about to say that. Rod Parsley on his, um, so what, what, are we about? what are we, what are we talking about? We're talking about God's well-known leaders who have been filling and packing churches, packing arenas for at least the last 25 to 30 years. And they are literally breeding satanic doctrine, satanic Mm. belief systems into the hearts, 
mind, soul, and wills of God's people. That's why God said we're going to war because his church has been infected by yeah. the powers of Satan and we that divine immunity. They did not get the divine immunity. Remember, the eternity, literally that heart locks in divine immunity. And many Christians never got that because they never said the true gospel was never implanted in their heart because they never said the true salvation. They never literally said to God the true salvation statement that would cause their heart to be converted to Jesus Christ. Mm. Prophet Tamara, pray for us. God, we just thank you for tonight. Right now, uh, nation of Jesus Christ, I'm praying over each one of you. I right now, Holy Spirit, I'm asking. I literally, I partner with the Godhead and mm. I go in and I yank out the demonism that's at the bedrock, God, of so many in the body of Christ. God, many don't even understand. Many don't know. They just know that. But something about my salvation is not right. And so, God, for those who are crying, many of your sons and daughters, Jesus Christ, right now are crying out for the spirit of truth. They are crying out for righteousness. They are crying out for holiness. And so tonight, I send this prayer into wow. the hearts. I send this prayer into your souls. I send this prayer into your spirits and I commanded eternity to stand upright and erect itself and I literally send hell back to hell. I send demonism back to hell and yeah. I command Jesus Christ to right now unveil himself in you. I right now mark you as a son and daughter of Jesus Christ and we go in with when we partner with you Holy Spirit and we work these souls over and we work these spirits over and we uproot the demonism. We uproot that stony heart. We yeah. uproot that demonic heart and we implant in you eternity's heart. We plant in you the heart of flesh and we say in Jesus name, those God, those who are calling on the name of the Lord. Oh yes, many of you are calling on the name of the Lord and we say that you shall be saved. We say all the deformities be uprooted addiction be uprooted yes. every addiction mental illness be uprooted sickness and disease be uprooted generational curses that has passed out from your mother line and your father's life that literally is going to war with the godhead but right now i stand as god's prophet and i override those powers and i say that eternity will win today oh yes i say eternity will stand tall in you today i call your souls out of hell i call your souls from out of the Muslim religion i call your souls even out of every form even the atheist spirit that's tracked your family line i call you out i call you out i call you out of hell today and I call in your day of salvation. I yes, call yes. in the new creation heart. I call in the new creation soul. And I say today, you are marked for salvation. I cut a pathway and I cut a pathway from hell to snatch you out of hell and to right now mark you as a son and offspring of Jesus Christ. And we say, let that be so and let that be done. And I say, you will walk out your eternal call in Jesus mighty name. I want to thank you for listening to a Biblical Perspective podcast where God's point of view matters with yours truly, Prophet C.T. Johnson. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to rate and subscribe to the podcast at cpnshows.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about myself and C.T. Johnson Ministries International, visit the website at ctjohnson.org or text the phrase prophetic voice to 54244. And don't forget to connect with me on social media via Instagram and Twitter at CTJ Ministries or via the ministry's Facebook page at CT Johnson Ministries. I also invite you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, CT Johnson Ministries, also known as Prophetic Voice TV, for 24 hour, seven days a week of prophetic empowerment. And lastly, be sure to watch my national television broadcast, Prophetic Voice, on Dominion TV, airing Tuesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Thursdays at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Watch the broadcast via Roku, Apple TV, or by downloading the Dominion TV app from your Apple or Google Play Store or via the website dominion.tv. Tune in next week as we boldly and unapologetically share God's point of view.